Welcome to the Two Cent Dad podcast, where we interview dads to discuss their journeys of intentional fatherhood while doing work they care about and living a life of purpose. I'm your host, Mike Sudik. Talking here with Jim Shields, um, who's the author of the Family Board Meeting. So thanks for thanks for being on the show, Jim. No, thanks for having me. Yeah. So maybe uh, if you get, you could uh, give give the listeners a little background of what the Family Board Meeting is. I just I just read the book and and really liked the concept and have been trying to incorporate it in my family. But uh, if you could give the little little like thirty second pitch. Yeah, the the family board meeting is a simple strategy or like I say rhythm that I've added to my family life years ago to make sure as I was growing my businesses and career, I stayed connected with my family, especially my kids, uh, because I saw so many people climbing the ladder and losing family success. And I didn't want to see that happen to me. So this one simple strategy is something that really keeps me grounded and connected with my children. Uh, in an easy way, in a fun way, uh, and in a uh, sustainable way. So tell me about how you arrived at that. You said you saw, maybe you saw other, other um, you know, entrepreneurs not doing that, or what was the, the point in when you kind of reached the pain, or tell me the story about how it actually got started. Yeah, well, it really got started before I had a family. Uh, because I was uh, invited back to wealth creation and personal development events. I had had some business success and I got to speak at a young age and I saw things behind the curtain. I didn't like to see people Mm -hmm. that I had idolized and looked up to. Yeah, they had big balance sheets, but their family lives were in shambles. I mean, it was, it was all a mirage, um, divorce, barely spoke to their family. Yeah. You'd see the one picture of them in the Bahamas on the beach, but it really was, it was all an act. And that really terrified me to be honest with you. And I was like, that's not going to be me. Um, so before I even had a family, I started working with entrepreneur families, I guess, because I looked like the young, fun uncle. And it was always side work and things. Hey, would you talk to my son, talk to my daughter? And that's how it started. Um, but when I started my own family, and again, I actually have uh, four children, two biological, two adopted. When I uh, first married my wife and adopted my two older sons, I wanted to make sure as I was, you know, I had two businesses I was running that I really was in touch with them, that I was there for them, that I didn't let that happen. Yeah. Um, so it really started with uh, with one year at Christmas time. I gave them things that originally the board family board meeting strategy started as quality time coupons. Mm. One Christmas I said, here, here are four coupons for each one of you. And every quarter, they didn't know what that meant, but I said, every 90 days, you guys get to cash this in. And the day is yours. Anything you want to do, whatever you want to do, my phone's going off. I want to give you guys full focus. It's our big meeting. It's our important board meeting. Um, And that's what it started as and kind of spiraled from there. I've been doing them for now eight years with my family. And I know it's been out in the public for about seven years. So there's we have a pretty loyal following of thousands of families that do this simple strategy. now. That's that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, tell me about tell me about um, when you said you were brought in to these these entrepreneurial like older um, guys that were dads, and you said you were brought into like, hey, can you talk to my son? Can you talk to my daughter? Was that in like a counseling um, capacity or what was that? Yeah, uh, that was more of um, it was. I would speak on stage yeah. and I'd get off, and and you know I was cursed. I guess. Well, now I guess it's not bad now, but you know when I was like seventeen, I looked like I was eleven. You know, I was just. A, late bloomer, young looking. So I guess, you know, in my mid twenties, I still looked young. And so I was at that, that kind of in between age, between the age of, of the, the kids at home and the parents in the audience, you know, mm-hmm. who were attending this event, they'd come and they'd say, 
man, I really wish my son or daughter had been here to to hear the way you talk. Because I, I, I like to try to pride myself on having a very relaxed, easy to understand speaking style. And they said, my kids would have really enjoyed that. They would have liked that. And so they just start to open up to me. It was the weirdest things. Yeah. And I, I came this kind of intermediary fun uncle where I'd say, well, have you talked to him about this? Have you done that? And then a few families would come into Florida and come surfing with me. And, you know, and then all of a sudden we said, oh, well, why don't we host a few retreats, you know, with a couple families. We invited families. They showed up and, um, yeah, just started to become this format. So we did retreats for years. And then I started getting hired by entrepreneur organizations to speak and do workshops. But it all started with, you know, just people tapping me on the shoulder when I got off stage. And you could see they were – they were all there for the next business strategy mm. and some of them needed it. Others didn't. What they needed was some way to connect at home. And that's kind of what my focus became. Yeah. And then have you found that then they've, they've obviously been more successful after they've had that connection at home. You know, that's, that's what you hear a lot of times. Like when your life is out of sync, you know, that's actually going to open uh, up more business growth you know, they think it's not because they're working so hard to unlock business growth, but they're sacrificing their family on the altar success. Yeah. Well, the, the, there's two dominating emotions when I, when I have interviewed people and worked with them about if they're not feeling connected at home, they feel like they've dropped things by the wayside at home to do business stuff. And those two, you know, overriding emotions are guilt and depression. And there is no possible way you can do your personal best or your professional best, if you have an overburdening feeling of guilt and depression, there's just no way. Um, so you're absolutely right. When people seem to get rhythmized and, and in better sync at home, the business side of things improve as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so tell me a little bit about. I I was reading about this Pizza Fridays concept. Um, can you can you speak to that a little bit? I didn't I didn't hear I see a lot of specifics on what it was about, but it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Um, well, my, my, as you know, like my whole family board meeting strategy is this, my kids are my most important clients and investors. And, you know, for big companies, every quarter, uh, they have these quarterly board meetings, you know, of the company to reunite the team and look ahead to the next 90 days, meet with their biggest investors. So I said, well, I'm going to start doing that with my kids. This was eight years ago, those quality time coupons. So every quarter, I'm with them one-on-one, -on -one, without my phone, doing a fun activity of their choice and spending time at the end of the day to talk. Um, and as we started to do these quarterly board meetings, these important board meetings, Daddy-Daughter Day, Father Sunday, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter, but our format is what a lot of people follow, um, I wanted to make sure one of these a year we incorporated service and contribution. I think it's one of the best ways to teach when I've interviewed lots of successful entrepreneurs I said, what's your biggest concern with your kids? And they said, I want them to appreciate what they have. Mm. I want them to appreciate what they have. And I haven't found a better way to do that than active participation in service and contribution. So I, I with, my, um, with my oldest son, I had said to him, okay, you know, our, our last board meeting of the year around the holidays, we do something service-oriented. We've made packages for troops overseas. We've walked the dogs from the no-kill shelter. Um, and then we got an idea because he feeds the homeless through his alternative school, you know, once a month. Hey, why don't we buy some pizzas for the homeless guys around the holidays? Um, and so we, we had this incredible story. You can look up the YouTube video. I guess it's had a lot of, a lot of views. And um, 
we just had this incredible experience about buying pizzas and bringing them to the homeless people on our town square. And this one guy and I had a you know really touching conversation. You know, and he had said, well, why, why are you doing this for us? And I said, well, you're, it's the holidays and you deserve to be loved. And, and it was just a very big exchange in the, the lesson and the talks my son and I had after this. And we had circled back the car and, and come back and we had kept going and get more and more pizzas because it was just so exciting. We, we just saw everywhere there was when we left town, there was a homeless person walking with a smile on their face and a slice of pizza. Yeah. And it was just this simple lesson. Of them, something we still do, not necessarily on a board meeting, but sometimes we'll say, oh, let's go buy a few pizzas and drop them at the police station. Let's go buy a few pizzas and drop them at the fire station. Let's go and give some to the homeless guys that are around there. So it's just active service. You know, if I had just written a check for $110 and put it in a basket, that's good, but my son wouldn't have gotten the lesson as actually right. getting and bringing them, putting them out. Um, so with our family board meeting strategy, one of those meetings every year is service based. And um, that's just one example. Pizza Friday, some people said, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. And, you know, we get pictures of people handing out pizzas, you know, to, you know, either less fortunate people or sometimes people who are serving the community, like police officers or firemen or EMT people. So, um, yeah, I'm not saying it's good for the, the gluten-free uh, world out there that wants <laughs> it, but it's, uh, it, it does put smiles on people's faces. That's great. That's awesome. So that was kind of an extension of uh, the family board meetings, sounds like. Yeah, yeah, that all started on a board meeting with my oldest son. And then we'll still do that, you know, on a board meeting sometimes. And also just on an odd Friday, I'll say, let's go grab some pizzas and just go hand them out. Yeah. So it's just a, a nice little connection point between us. That's cool. And um, you also do, like you said, you mentioned it um like retreats for families and stuff and, and doing like some, some gatherings. Um, I was reading on your website that you also do that. Um, and, and also you're doing a lot of interesting things when it comes to like home education or just alternative education. I think you, you talk about, um, can you tell me a little bit about that and kind of what you're thinking on it or what, uh, you guys have done or what you've seen with other families that you worked with? Yeah, sure. I mean, the retreats always start as a way for my families to meet other like-minded families um, and besides the goal of having fun and deepening connection, you know, we wanted to strengthen the relationship and teach the important lessons not taught in school and have fun doing it. Those, that was our whole premise of our workshops, of our retreats. And I had found, as I, again, I started to interview a lot of families and work with them, you know, when you're in a, an atmosphere of just open conversation for two, three days at a time with other families, you start to hear some common threads. And what I found was a lot of the lessons that have really served me, that helped me through some of my toughest times and other people's, wasn't necessarily taught in school. And we all had gone through common threads of tough times. And what we realized was, wow, our kids are gonna go through these. We can either help them avoid some of them, not all of them, but some of them, and or we can let them at least be better prepared for these tough times than we were. It's almost like an unfair advantage uh, for our kids. And so what I found was, you know, interviewing and looking at all the events that I had paid for post, you know, formal education, there were three buckets that seemed to keep getting thrown back to me. And these three buckets seemed to help people the most personally and professionally. And what I found was kids, if they started to learn them at the age of 11 and 12 and then leave the house around 18, 19, if they know these three lessons, they literally will have an unfair advantage over their peers 
for for not only success in career but success in their personal life because we want both for our kids. Yeah. It's not just about the accolades of a career. Um, and those three subjects were personal development, relationship skills, and financial intelligence. And what I found is if there was a, a foundation in those three subjects, the the odds of a kid having success personally and professionally were substantially higher, substantially higher. And when we saw that our kids had, at least for me and others that I've worked with, when we see that our kids have a basic knowledge, working knowledge in these three areas, it gives us more confidence. It relaxes us more because we know how important these subjects are. But again, they're never really the main focus. They're not definitely not core curriculum at school and usually not even enhancement curriculum. So I always say with my kids, look, we do all different brands of schooling, alternative education, unschooling, homeschooling, Montessori, Waldorf, private school. Like we have four kids, so we're using different ones. But I always say, once you hit sixth grade, these are the three most important subjects. Everything else comes around these because I don't know what you're going to be when you grow up, but no matter what it is, these three areas are going to help you personally and professionally. Um, so it's just a little different take we have in our house on education. Yeah. So how do you go about teaching those things? I mean, what are what are some of the things that like how why are those not taught? Is it because the parents don't don't know them themselves or I mean, the school is well, not taking the onus to do it or. Yeah, I mean, in school is, you know, I'm not a huge fan of formal education. We can't beat up on them either. You know, there was this myth created years ago that we were supposed to just, you know, delegate all of our children's education needs out to the government or fancy institutions. That's just not true. Mm-hmm. I found that if parents are willing to get involved, at least in these three subjects, they're going to feel better about their kid's future it's going to help them tremendously and it's going to strengthen the relationship. Learning and teaching these three subjects together is unbelievable for the relationship. And I think that just no one ever gave the focus. There was just other, the other subjects are important, but they, there was never given the focus or the permission. And I tell people, look, did these help you? And most of the people that I've worked with are entrepreneurs, business owners, and have done some in, in education in these areas. I'm like, stop asking for permission. If you think they're that important, just go after them. Give your kids that gift of teaching them. And it's not there's, – there's ways to start. With young kids, it's just knowing those three subjects and then looking for teachable moments where you can have a conversation with them. And, you know, they start to get a little older. We used games like board games and fun games to help teach financial intelligence, relationship skills, conflict resolution, personal development. Um, there's games out there that can teach that. And then one of the basic ways that we do it is, you know, every 90 days, um, I read a book with, with my two older teens, one that's based in those subjects, personal development, relationship skills, or financial intelligence. But we read it slowly, maybe a chapter a week, and we discuss it. It's, I call it a deep dive, slow digest. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to just say, hey, read this 150-page book, write a one-page summary, and I'll pay you 100 bucks. Like, and I hear people do that, and that's okay. But they don't really get the lesson. They're just trying to get through it then, to write some words on a paper and move through it. But if you actually take the time to read it yourself with them, have a sit down every week to discuss the main points, the lessons you can pull out, applying them to real situations in life right now or in the past, it's really powerful. Um, and, and I ask him, like, how many of you have sat and slowly read and discussed a book like this with your, with your teens in any of these subjects? The answer is none. Now, a lot of people, you know, who are faith-based, obviously, the Bible and that, and that's, that's great. But, I mean, real pinpoint ones of, you know, Stephen Covey or 
Dale Carnegie or, you know, the richest man in Babylon. These, these, what, where it's very, very pinpointed on trying to, um, deepen a person's knowledge in these three subjects. And usually the answer is, gosh, I never have. And I'm telling you, once you do the first book together, it, it's addictive not to keep going. And again, that's, I set, I set low bars. That's one of my most important things. Cause if not, I'm going to fail cause I'm ADD. I run two businesses, you know, I can cram 12 to 15 pages a week if I need to. That's not a problem. And, but I still have a great meeting and every 90 days I know we're going to completely have really saturated ourselves into a good reading that I know that's going to help them today and in the future. Yeah. No, that's great stuff. I think, I think I'm, I'm guilty of that. Even like trying to just press through things, you know, you just want to get through or achieve these, these different milestones. And it's like, no, it's all about kind of taking that quality time. So, yeah, it's, it's a big, big difference. So yeah, just, I always say with people, baby steps, you know, if you look at these and you like them, you know, our three buckets start slow, start with one book, you know, start with one book, start with one board game, like a, the rich dad companies do that cash flow game. And that's a great one. Cash flow for kids. Start with one thing that can start to at least even introduce them. You know, like I didn't even know there was such a thing as financial intelligence. I didn't grow up with that in my house. I wasn't taught how to handle money or how it works. So I didn't even know it existed. I didn't know that emotional intelligence existed as a team. Those two words never went together, emotion and intelligence. So, um, just the awareness to your kids opens up a whole new opportunity for and do you think like, uh, you know, dads or, or parents that you talk to would say that they, would you say that they've just, um, succumbed to the belief that they have to outsource that education to someone else? I mean, why are they not doing it? Are they just, they are so busy and they feel like they're working to support the family and that's, they're doing that. Or what do you feel like the biggest barrier is to, to some of this stuff? Being busy is one of them. Um, the fear of not knowing how, and then also this um, this myth that's been battered in is you're not qualified because you don't have a teaching certificate or this or that. It's the, this belief that we're not qualified, which is just a total farce. Um, so those, those are really the three reasons. Too busy, not sure how, um, but a big one is oh, I'm not qualified to teach my kid these subjects. And, yeah. and that's just not true because I, we all know we've had teachers who were – not necessarily the the um, the most proficient in the subject, but the way that they taught with such care and involvement, and and that's how you're probably going to be with your kids a yeah. little more so than a teacher who might be over this whole thing and getting a tenure and that and you know. So I always tell you're more qualified than you give yourself credit for. Yeah. So we, we homeschool our four kids and my wife does 99% of it, obviously she stays at home, but I found that sometimes I succumb to that and feel like, oh, well, she's doing this, she's doing the lessons, but it's, it's a hugely rewarding to sit down with your kids, like with my kids and, and like walk them through something, even something like grammar where we're like teaching my eight year old, like grammar things. Like, I don't remember half the rules, but that's okay. I feel like there's some magic there to like, even to him be like, I'd be like, I don't really remember that. Let's like, let's look that up. Or this is why this does this. We're almost like learning together, even though like I know the, you know, and I think that that to me, I think is really special, but it's, it's come it, if I would have waited or if you just say, Oh, I don't feel like I can do this or I don't feel comfortable. I have to have this all planned out. Then you'd never actually start, you know, when really exactly. magic is in kind of the figuring it out as you go. Well, and it's good that you and your wife are splitting that up. But again, 
you, you, you're describing, you feel, oh, but I don't remember all the rules exactly. I don't do that. But I guarantee you had probably more enthusiasm than most people um, <laughs> that it would have taught your kids. So, and they like to feel like they might be teaching you something. Yeah. I love when we, when we read a book and my kids feel like they're teaching me something. And they do. Man, they're some of my best teachers. Where they're, you know, they give me an observation where I'm like, wow, I never thought of that. Like, you know, and and I think you and your wife will see your wife might be like, holy cow, Michael, did you hear what he just said? You know, yeah. one of your kids. So that's a, a pretty cool thing as well. If you give them the chance to teach you, that's not a bad thing. That's yeah. actually a really that's a really good thing. Yeah, yeah. The interesting thing with like homeschool and talking to our family members and um, our friends about it is like, it's actually you don't have to homeschool to do a lot of this stuff. And that's what I'm kind of hearing you say. It's like, it's all about the teachable moments and whether it's a family board meeting you're doing, or just when you're just walking down the path, you know, and you're talking about something and asking them how they're, how they're doing at something, you know, it's like, that's where it really happens. You know, all the, that's where the real education happens. I believe, you know, exactly for sure, for sure. And that's been proven. So it's, uh, yeah, I applaud you on the home on the homeschool journey. We've we've we're using a hybrid of it, um, but a lot of people think that, oh my gosh, if I homeschool, they're not going to be socialized. They're not going to have this. It's my life is over. I'm not allowed to ask for help. I just there's so many myths around homeschooling. It's it's incredible because frankly, when just you know I'm 45. If if you were homeschooled. Um, you're either like mega wealthy or something and traveling the world with a private tutor or, you know, there was something wrong with you. You were like biting the other kids in class or something like that, you know, and it's, and, and but it's, it's just a different world nowadays. Um, yeah. And there's lots of ways for our kids to reach that young adulthood. Really a school is there to help our kids reach the young adulthood. And to think that we only have to go the traditional route of public or private school is just, it's just not true anymore. Yeah. Well, that's great. Thank you so much, Jim, for being on the show. I appreciate it. Is there anything else you wanted to, to add in all of that? No, I mean, I our one saying, again, the name of our company is 18 Summers. So I always say that, you know, a mentor of mine taught me years ago, those first 18 summers with your kids are when you will have the most amount of time with them. So take advantage of it. They'll still be your kids after 18 summers, of course. But that time is just magic. And he said that to me, 75 years old, successful businessman, family man. He said, just grab those, run with them, you know? And some of my Canadian friends say, oh, we only have 18 winters because they really like the winter sports. But whatever it is, do the math. You might say, oh, I have a nine-year-old. And you go, wait a minute, I have a nine-year-old. I only have nine summers left with them. It gets you a positive motivation yeah. to, uh, to really make the most of the time. You know, and I think if you'll intentionally set up these rhythms and, and little things like our family board main strategy, it's going to slow time down. I think it's going to give you the feeling like um, I'm more involved. Um, I, I am close to them. So, you know, for what it's worth, you got 18 summers, so make the most of them. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Um, I'll link everything up in the show notes, jimshields.com and um, some of the other things that you talked about so the listeners can check it out. So thanks so much, Jim, for being on. I appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. Have a good one. Yep. You can find out more about us and sign up to receive updates at twocentdad.com. If you liked what you heard or just want to say hi, you can shoot me an email at mike at twocentdad.com. Please leave a review on iTunes if you like the show. It helps us to get the word out to the most people possible. The show is made possible through the support of EC Group International, building software teams since 1999.